Following is an article compiled from the notes taken during a session exemplifying an explanatory communication, two key tasks of teaching and a framework for their use in mathematics teaching delivered by Jill Adler, University of the Witwatersrand, S.A., in a conference by Mathematics Teachers Association India, MTAI, on 3rd of September, 2021. Exemplification may sound like a heavy word for a layman, but it just means the process of exemplifying or illustrating through examples. We all learn through examples. Think of a child learning the grammatical structure of a language. They look at examples, try observing patterns, make mistakes and they are corrected several times through similar examples. Mathematics is not much different from a language. It has its own vocabulary, set of symbols and notations that represent some ideas. Sometimes, the same symbols represent different ideas depending on the context. Just as in the English language, the word bank may have different meanings, in mathematics the symbol dash may have different meanings. It may be used for the procedure of subtraction. It may be used before a number to represent a negative number. It may be used for the word minus. One might say, what difference does it make if we use any of the three in any context? For instance, some people say minus 4 for negative 4. However, negative 4 is a number but minus 4 says that we need to subtract 4 from something else. While teaching these mathematical ideas to students, it is very important that the teachers use the correct vocabulary so that the students comprehend the abstraction and various meanings of the symbol dash. This way of explicit practices that enriches learning is called explanatory communication. The speaker, Adler, shared the teaching and learning experiences of their research team with other teachers who went ahead to try out different ideas with their students. One of the aspects she spoke about was variation. For example, while trying to show the students what right angles are, it is also important to show angles that are not right angles. That way, by observing, comparing and contrasting the mixed set of examples shown to them, they get a better understanding of what right angles are and what they should be looking for when it comes to identifying right angles. The examples should vary. Another example she took showed the use of equal sign. We call it equals or is equal to or is equivalent to. When we say 4 plus 6 equals 10, it means the sum of 4 and 6 is equal to 10. But it also means that the sum of 4 and 6 is equivalent to 10. If you didn't get the subtle difference, try this, 4 plus 6 equals 3 plus 7. Here, the statement is saying the sum of 4 and 6 is equivalent to the sum of 3 and 7. Do you see a difference between equal and equivalent? Equivalent shows a relationship between two things. An interesting aspect that Adler spoke about is the rules and procedures that are generally taught and learnt in the class. For instance, for the question what is the value of minus 7 plus 4, many students wrote the correct answer but when they were asked to explain why, there were some fascinating responses that came up. One of them was when we add a negative number with a positive number, you take their difference and put the sign of the greater of the two numbers. Hence, we do 7 to 4 and write a dash before 3 to get minus 3. Overemphasis of such rules make it difficult for the child to understand what is happening in the operation and he or she ends up learning only procedures after procedures. At the end of the learning, many students would have learned just a set of procedures without understanding any of them. This forms a barrier in their mathematical language fluency. A common example is that of dealing with brackets while handling algebraic expressions. Many a times, for handling questions like 1. 2p, 4 plus p, equals 2. 2p, minus 4 plus p, equals. 3. 2 plus p, 4 plus p, equals. Students are taught to use rules for manipulation. These shortcuts without understanding the rationale behind them leads to overgeneralizing, Adler added. Is there a workaround to this? 
Adler's team's research suggests that before introducing manipulations of algebraic expressions, let the students be introduced to manipulations of brackets with numbers. For example 1, 4 plus 3 4 plus 5 equals. 2, 4 plus 3 4 plus 5 equals. 3, 4 plus 3 4 plus 5 equals. Once they simplify the expressions with numbers and compare and discuss the answers, they would get a better hold on dealing with variables in the place of numbers, Adler remarked. During one of the discussions amongst the teachers who were working at the ground level with students and introducing the ideas that Adler and her team were researching on, one of the teachers came up with the idea of doing something different. Instead of introducing the question and asking the students to open the brackets, why not give the students the answers and ask them to place the brackets accordingly in the question? For example instead of asking simplify x 3x plus 5, why not ask students to place the brackets in the expression x, 3x plus 5 so that we get minus 3 by 2 plus 5x. This sounded like a brilliant idea and the teachers executed such things in the class. This process is definitely more challenging than asking them to simplify an expression not just because they are not introduced to such problems earlier, but also this inverse way of solving is always harder. At the end of the talk, I asked Adler how the students responded to problems that demanded such reverse thinking, and she said that initially many resisted by saying that they had no idea how to solve them. The teacher had to calm them down by taking a simple example to guide and help them. It took some time to build that confidence in the students and make them attempt something that was challenging and demanded more cognitive skills. Towards the end of the talk, she highlighted the curriculum and policy statement for grades 7 to 9 which says, if students have to develop essential mathematical skills, they should. Develop the correct use of the language of mathematics. Develop the content vocabulary, concepts and procedural and application skills. Learn to listen, communicate, think, reason logically and apply the mathematical knowledge gained. Learn to investigate, analyze, represent and interpret information. Learn to pose and solve problems. If these are the curriculum goals, then learners need the opportunity to do all these skills and teachers need to support them. A few key takeaways for me from the talk were bringing in variation and mixed examples for better understanding, looking at nuances of multiple meanings of different mathematical symbols, taking arithmetic as a stepping stone to understand algebraic manipulation, nudging students to do reverse thinking and calculation, which is a great skill to have. And my personal favorite, focusing on long-term goals of mathematics education like higher-order thinking skills by engaging through short-term goals like teaching mathematical concepts. There were a lot of other aspects that got covered in the talk. For those interested, I would recommend watching the entire talk here opening in Keynote Lecture 1, Professor Jill Adler, University of the Witwatersrand, South Africa, YouTube, the talk starts after 18 minutes. Author Vinay Nair is a passionate mathematics educator who loves working with middle and high school students. He is one of the co-founders of RAM Foundation, and also the founder of Visharvatika. He loves working with students who are precocious in mathematics and engages with them in a year-long program called Gannett Manthan. He can be reached at vinay at visharvatika.org. If you wish to be part of a WhatsApp or Telegram group where we share these posts and only these posts on a weekly basis, register on https colon slash 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 If you wish to contribute with such experiences as a student, a parent or a teacher, please do write to us at articlesroom at gmail.com.